Denver Sports Station 1043 The Fan presents Schlereth and Evans. Here we go. Happy Tuesday, everybody. 6 a.m. listeners, best of the bunch. Here you go. Up and Adam. Ready to seize the day, seize the moment. Mark Schlereth, ready to go. How you doing? I'm good, buddy. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Big day ahead. We got uh, Sean Payton and George Payton talking from the Combine later today. All right. Around uh, 9 o'clock or so. So hopefully we'll be able to bring some of that to you on the show. Kurt Warner is going to join us coming up at 930. He basically uh, echoed, I don't think the two of you had spoken, so he basically said over the weekend everything you've been saying for weeks, for months, about evaluating these quarterbacks coming out of college. And he'll be able to join us at 9.30 to give it to us from a, a quarterback's perspective, which means a lot more coming from him. than Yes, from exa- exactly. It means you're a ton. just a fat lineman. It just it means a ton more. Boy, I tell you what, hard to watch. It is hard to watch? It's hard to watch college football. Is it really? It really is. Really? Mm-hmm. How about just from a... Um, is, it, is it more entertaining than the NFL? It's higher scoring. No, more wide open. No, it's garbage. Is it really? Just garbage. College football is garbage. Oh, yeah. Just absolute garbage. Why, why are you offended so much by it? They don't do anything well. Nothing? No. Pretty much Nothing. Nothing. They don't block them well. They don't, I mean, it's just, it's, yeah, it's offensive. It's bad. It's just bad football. Wow. I, I knew there was a reason. I knew there's a reason I didn't like college football. This is bad. Is it? Yeah, it's just, it's just a, it is, it is the difference between college football and professional football is the difference between watching Jokic and the Nuggets play versus the individualized style the NBA has become. Really? Expand on that some more. And I'm talking about why why is college football so bad? It's individual one-on-one. It's an individual one-on-one game where you're really not reading anything. You're you're looking at one dude and throwing. It's it's sight awareness football. Nothing builds one on top of another. It's completely spread. It's very static. There is not, there's not a lot of motion. There's not a lot of personnel change. It's just line up and let's try to run speed outs or slants or bubble screens at you until we get you, you know, to roll up there and then we run one go route and complete it. it I mean, it's, it is. It's not. To me, it's are, are not you, fun are to you watch. offended by how poorly it, the game is coached? The players are developed. All the above. The way the games are. All the, the all styles. The, all the above. All the above. All the above. And it offends you because this is the stuff that's coming into the pros. And, and, you know, it's just not. It's just not good. It is. It's simplistic. You 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 start to understand why there's a lot of these quarterbacks that just. Like they get, they get it. it. It is like you've you've spoken English your whole life, and you get in the NFL, and you're like, "Oh, you, how, how come you don't know Japanese?" Well, I didn't take that yet. Well, yeah, obviously you didn't, because that's what we speak here. 
Mm-hmm. You know, so it it is it's just it's wild for me to watch because I'm just like, what are we like? What are we doing? What what is this garbage? Wow. So the enthusiasm, the popularity that surrounds college football is is, is all the, the is all the who watch it don't all, know what they're looking at. Well, it's all the trappings, right? It's all the it's college it's college game day. It's the it's the stadium environment. It's the bands. It's the the rivalries. It's uh, the alumni. It's all, it's all that stuff. Take all that stuff away and strip it all down. Is it like what we're getting ready to witness here during March Madness? Because when if you really pay attention during the NCAA basketball tournament, and it, and you just strip everything away, your brackets, all that stuff, and just focus on the play. The play isn't very good. Mm. It's bad basketball. Right. But it's covered up by yeah all the pomp that goes along with the NCAA tournament. Are you saying the same thing exists here with college football? Yeah, it's not good. It's not good football. Um, you know, I, again, it's it just isn't. But okay, yeah, college so. football fans, you uh, you want to fight back on this one? I mean, you could you could fight back. I mean, you're wrong. I mean. It, I understand why they like it. Dude. alma mater, that's the... Mark, you played at Idaho. Of course you think college football is totally inferior. No, we were a good team. Stink, why are you so grumpy? (laughs) Because I had to watch college football last night. Well, yeah, Telestrator Tuesday. You did uh, a breakdown into North Carolina quarterback Drake May. Yes, I did. Who some are saying, who some are saying is the best quarterback prospect in this draft class. Well, no less an authority than our very own Joel Klatt when he was listing his top generational quarterbacks that have come into the draft out of college. This is before they've played a snap of football in the NFL. In the last decade had, I think May was fifth on his list. I think he had Caleb Williams number number one, mm-hmm. like Trevor Lawrence two, Joe Burrow three, maybe Drake May four. So he's really high on both yeah, Caleb and Bryce and Young was May. five. And Bryce Young was five. This was just coming out of college. Yeah. I'm beyond honestly, beyond athleticism. Here here's probably why people like it, is because you can you can look at a dude's athleticism and his arm talent. Beyond that, I don't know what you can evaluate. And I'm I'm being completely serious. No, what you beyond arm talent and athleticism, I don't know what else you evaluate because the game is <laughs> garbage. <laughs> it's on the text line, man. Mark, point to the doll and show me where the bad man hurt you. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Jeez. Exactly. Wow. Well. Hey, happy Tuesday, everybody. On that note, hey, you want Mark to tell the truth? Mm -hmm. He's telling the truth. Coming up next, the uh, Avalanche gets Val Nechuskin back. What exactly does that mean? And Nuggets love continues to pour in from around the nation. You'll hear some of it next. Ever since we got Xfinity, we have Wi-Fi all over the house, even in my hiding spots. Ha! Found you. How? 
That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity. Now through March 21st, get started with 200 megabit internet for $25 a month for two years with no annual contract and get Wi-Fi equipment included. Go to Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY or visit a store today. Requires paperless plan auto pay with stored bank account. Restrictions apply. Taxes and fees extra. After promo, regular rates apply to internet service and Wi-Fi equipment. Actual speeds vary. Denver Sports Station 104.3 The Fan presents Schlereth and Evans. His game is so well-rounded on both sides of the puck, the checking habits, the, the ability to hold off defenders and create offense to help our top guys. Um, yeah, I don't know. It'd be hard to pinpoint what the biggest um, area that we miss is, but it's a little bit of every area. Well, yesterday uh, we told you reports were that, that Val Machuskin would be back sometime before the end of the regular season. Well, sometime turned out to be yesterday. As he was back out on the ice, practicing, skating with the fourth line, his uh, return is not uh, imminent. Uh, He'll be, it'll be at least uh, probably, I'd say a good week or or more before he's ramped up and ready to go. But you heard Jared Bednar right there talk about how important he is. And and Mark, these, these numbers really stand out to me. This was where the Avs ranked with Val in the NHL in some key categories and where they ranked without him. On the power play with him, eighth in the league. On the power play without him, 19th in the league. On the penalty kill with him, eighth. Without him, 25th. Mm. And finally, five-on-five production, skating, even strength, both teams, Avs with Val, ninth in the league. Without Val, 20th in the league. Val's your MVP. Well, you you can make the argument. You could. I would uh-huh. I would push back just a bit, but like in the whole one versus one A, somebody explained that to Zach By. Yeah. But if Kale and, and Nathan McKinnon are your, your ones on this team in mm-hmm. terms of importance, Val is right there, cozied up close at one A. But you heard Bednar talk about his ability to check the check game, his ability to hold defenders off so he can stand on the point, you know, and deflect pucks and help with offense and create shields for the goaltender. Like, all those things are valuable assets. Valuable assets that he does because of his size and everything else that other guys, frankly, just don't get done. And so, yeah, do they? I mean, it's great that he's skating again. It's great that he's, you know, back at practice. It'll be great when he's back out there, and you hope that um, you know you hope that he can stay back. What has Jared Bednar been talking at length, consistently about over the last several weeks? What needs to be better? Mm-hmm. Their compete level, right? We have to compete better. Well, when you when you talk about hockey, especially when you get in the playoffs, you start hearing these terms. You gotta you gotta score the greasy goals. You gotta be willing to go into the danger areas. You gotta be willing to win and able to win the one on one battles. And a guy like Val, especially who's willing to go there to the front of the net, take a lot of punishment, mm-hmm. yeah, and yet still deliver those power play numbers. I think tell a tell a big story. This is a huge pickup, and I, while we always expected, at least I expected him to to be coming back at some point, the fact that he that he is going to be back just. I think underlines just how big of an addition this is. You talk about trade deadline moves and everything like that. 
nobody's going to make a move as impactful as getting a guy like Val back. Now, that doesn't that doesn't end the to-do list. They still still two big issues. Second line center and they have to bump up their goaltending. Do those two, check those two boxes, then I'll feel real good about the Avs going into the playoffs. What scares you about this move? Do you feel like about Val? Yeah. Nothing scares me. Just, just can't right. rely on, rely upon it. That, that's it. More than that. More than that. Is that they believe they've solved all, the, all their problems? I hope they don't. I, I'm going to give the front office Chris McFarland ably assisted, uh, whatever Joe Sackick's role is now. But I, I'm going to assume that these guys are smart enough to know that they need more help. They than need that. more. If you really want to feel like you're a Stanley Cup contender, are you good enough to win the division? Are you good enough to go to the playoffs? Are you good enough to win a round or two? Sure. But it's about winning a cup. And these guys have to be smart enough to realize we're not there yet. So, we you shall hope. see. You hope. You hope that this isn't one of those things, though, that they're just like, okay, now we've you know we've arrived. We've got our... Got got our guy back now. We don't need to make anymore. I hope now I, everybody falls into slots. And, yeah, you, you hope. Well, we are. What is it? Uh, we got leap year. It's leap year this year, by the way. Do you know that? Yeah, we have February 29th. I know it's well, leap year. So there'll be people will be uh, what forty years old celebrating their was it tenth birthday? Yeah, my my buddy was born. I, I played with the guy, Kerry Conklin, was a quarterback out of UW. Was a leap year baby, so he actually has a a birthday this year. Good for him. Yeah, happy birthday to all the leap year babies, all those leap year guys. Enjoy your day. Yeah, sure. The national love continues to pour in for the Nuggets. Uh, yeah, there there's still those loud voices that are trying to uh, make the case for anybody or any team other than the Nuggets, but. It's growing. It's growing. Tim Legler. You love yourself some Timmy Legs, right? Oh, yeah. I love Legs. Tim Legler uh, on ESPN talking about what makes, and this is this is interesting. Pay attention to this because what stands out to Tim Legler isn't what they're doing on offense. It's what they do on defense. They've got great versatility, which means they can switch a lot of things that a lot of teams in this league can't, and they don't make mistakes on those switches. A lot of that is the quarterbacking of Jokic defensively, but then it's, it's Gordon Porter's improved that way. They get into guys when they have to. Uh, this is something the the anti-Michael Malone folks out there are going to hate, but th- this is yet just another example of how well-coached this team is. In we, we have heard from Michael Malone for years now. Mm-hmm. Defense, defense, defense. He's always been preaching defense, defense, defense. And not only has the message gotten through, but you listen to Legler say, this, this team doesn't make mistakes. They're right. smart. They're well-coached. They're disciplined. They have a couple guys. Gordon, I think, is the, the linchpin of all sure. that. Sure, Gordon is the linchpin defender. He always he always draws the, cu- the, the toughest opponent. He, he is the guy that you put, you, you put on dudes to stop them, to slow them down, to deny them the ball, all those things. But that's really cool. That's a cool aspect because I think sometimes, or most of the time, you know, in our offensive-minded way, we follow – Sports, mm-hmm. and we do. You know, we want to hit, see guys hit home runs. We want, we don't want a pitcher's duel. We want to see, you know, we want to see guys score and and you know, dudes fill it up. And in the NBA, we want to see touchdowns in football. 
the the defensive thing gets lost in the shuffle, and that's cool that Legs recognizes it. I like what he recognized about about Jokic because the the knock on Jokic has been that he's not a good defender. Well, yeah, if if you're gonna say okay, go out and check Anthony Davis one on one, okay, mm. you know he's not it's not his his bag. But if you're just looking at somebody who brings such an IQ to the game offensively, why wouldn't he bring it defensively? And Larry Bird was was considered a really, really good defensive player because he, he took into account the whole right. landscape of well, what was happening, whether it was at, whether it was, you know, reading the play to go get a rebound, be able to come out of nowhere for steal. It it's, uh, Steve Kerr Steve Kerr mentioned in his post game. Yeah. He mentioned defensively how good he is at filling, you know, lanes he I didn't created, want to, but he created a couple of Russ. It's not your time. Yeah, be quiet, Russ. Get he, off the, or, the soapbox. All right, how Please. he how he filled lanes and how he created a couple of turnovers and passing lanes and just knew what anticipated what was going on. By the way, I do have write this down. I do have a place. I just thought about this last night. A place where I believe Russell can go and win two more trophies. Really? Yeah. Ooh, I can't wait to hear that. We'll do yeah. that coming up. That'll uh, We'll have more from uh, Tim Legler as we move along throughout the course of the show. And some great audio coming up. You, you want to you get Nikola Jokic praise? How about from a guy who literally was in the arena battling him one-on-one just the other night? Some great stuff from Draymond Green. Uh, that actually make me like Draymond Green for a little while. That's all coming up in The Brew next. It's time for your morning brew. Grab a cup of joe and get caught up on everything you need to know. Here's Schlereth and Evans. Big boost for the Avalanche yesterday as Val Nachuskin out of the player assistance program back on the ice practicing with the abs. Obviously, he's a huge part of our team, right? I mean, you guys seen what he does for us on the ice and great having him back in the locker room and the record is pretty glaring when you look at what he what he's in our lineup and what he's not in our lineup. It's, it goes to show you how much he means to our team. It is glaring. Over the last couple seasons, the Avs are well above 500 without Nathan McKinnon, well above 500 without Kale McCarr, but below 500 without Val Nachuskin. That's crazy. Isn't it? It really is when you think about it. Does that mean Val Nachuskin is the most valuable avalanche? Well, you know what Val is like? Val's like a good offensive line. Okay. Explain. Well, I mean... When you got a good offensive line, you don't really recognize the value of that good offensive line because everything operates according to plan. When all of a sudden that offensive line isn't good or a couple guys are out, guess what? It becomes glaring the weaknesses of your offense. Val is like a good lineman. Hmm, okay. Maybe I'll give it just lineman in general. It could be a D lineman. Mm-hmm. You don't recognize the value that they play because they're away from the ball and most people don't understand like what's going on inside there until all of a sudden you don't have one. Then it becomes, you, everybody can see when you can't block guys. Well, for some, I brought up his numbers before he left. 40 games, 20 goals, 22 assists, 42 points, and more than a point per game. And, and some folks were like, wow, I, I didn't realize. I was one of those folks. Yeah, I didn't realize that that production was, was so 
so good and so impactful. Next on the Morning Brew, Draymond Green did his uh, podcast right after going toe-to-toe with Nikola Jokic the other night in the Nuggets-Golden State game. And uh, needless to say, Draymond came away very impressed. He is in incredible shape, man. Y'all should have saw this man running the floor. I had to, like, turn on my, my burners a little bit a couple times to, like, keep up with him from running the floor. And he was just going, man. It wasn't like he got tired. Like, he was just going and going. And, um, man, shout out to Joker. It's always fun play against him. We'll hear a lot more from Draymond. I, I thought he was outstanding. And heard, saw Draymond in a, in, a, in a way that I haven't seen him in a long time. And he was actually very refreshing to listen to. But it, I, I like Draymond. For all the people who have been weighing in on Jokic, and it's awesome to hear the, the national recognition and love and admiration and respect pour in. But to hear it at length from somebody who literally was just going head-to-head with him. Mm-hmm. 48 hours ago is is cool. And that, isn't it cool, though? I don't think... It's, again, one of those things, kind of like what we're talking about with Val. Some of the the hidden value mm-hmm. of a guy that you don't really recognize. He's a big, lumbering guy. He's not the most athletic guy on the court. And when you hear, my God, the guy's in incredible shape. Like, he doesn't get tired. Mm-hmm. There are some of those guys, I think we all... Like, going back to high school, like, high school wrestling for me, there was a couple of guys that no matter what you did... Those guys never got tired. We'd do a three-hour wrestling practice, and we had a run for 45 minutes. Then I'd get lapped six times by a couple of guys, you know, like you're going, dude, do you guys ever get tired out? You guys ever exhausted? I remember during training camp and early in the preseason, some folks were kind of grumbling. Well, Jokic looks like he uh, was on parade too much during the mm. during the summer. He looks a little... A little doughy, a little out of shape, and I'm like, relax. This this guy, you you don't get to where Nikola Jokic has gotten to mm-hmm. without having an unbelievable work ethic, and that has been one of the more underrated parts of his ascension to all time greatness. Is just how much he is he's crafted his body, changed his body, right? Taken, getting stronger, getting fit, seriously, and yeah, you just heard from Draymond. He's like, man, this this guy runs all night. Runs all day. Next on the uh, Morning Brew, Mike Kliss, who's going to be joining us coming up in about 15 minutes, had this report yesterday, quoting Mike, the Broncos would like Tim Patrick back. He has the type of competitive attitude and team first spirit that is valued in the locker room and meeting rooms, but at a considerably reduced price. A release would come if the two sides can't agree on that reduced price. So here we go again. I don't know how the pro clutchers are going to feel about this, but uh, the Broncos are saying take a pay cut or else. Right. I wonder if Russell's people will reach out to the uh, <laughs> you can go reach out to the PA and say it's not fair. John Payton's being mean. <laughs> yeah, we're all you. We're all we're all the folks out there that said this is just low class organizationally. They're treating Russ without class. And, you know, they wanted to renegotiate and wanted to waive his injury settlements. And the Broncos and Sean Payton are thugs. All right, I'm waiting. Key the thug. Key the thug comments on, on the Rumbleslaw.com text line in three, two, one, go. There's none. He's been hurt a bunch. Yeah, in this case. He hasn't produced because he's been hurt. Yeah, in, in this case, even Tim Patrick has to recognize, I, I, I got to take a pay cut. Because even if I if I refuse to and the Broncos cut me 
and I go try land somewhere else, I'll probably even get less. Sure. Somewhere else. Because teams are going to look at me coming off two years in a row with season-ending injuries. What, what do you exactly think the market's going to be for how, Patrick? How we, but, but where are all the... On your contract. What do you mean he wants to renegotiate? Players shouldn't be able to renegotiate. What, what's all the on your contract, Broncos? You signed the contract, honor it. Where's all that talk? The last time Tim Patrick played football was 2021. Isn't it incredible? You want to talk about snake bit. And wow. it's the first day of practice both times, right? I know, I know. Yeah. I, I, would, I would love to keep, keep Timmy Pats. But yes, at a much, much reduced number. Right. Even the Pearl Clutchers should be able to recognize that one. Next on the uh, Morning Brew, need more evidence that hope springs eternal in the spring, even for the Rockies? And the pitch is swung on in a towering fly ball to deep left. Teoscar Hernandez to the track. And this one just over the wall for a home run. And the deal of Chris Mack gives up the home run to Chris Bryant. Chris Bryant. Going yard. That's what Iron Man does when it doesn't count. He just goes to town. Talk about optimism. Patrick Saunders, our guy from the Denver Post at, at Spring Train this weekend, said... He struck out a couple of times, but man, Chris Bryant's swing looks good. <laughs> I'm like, spring training, everybody. There you go. Stop the cow. That's what, what it's all our, about. What's our over-under on Chris Bryant number of games? Oh. Was it like 82 or something? I think I think we, yeah, I think we put it at like, let's go. Let's go. Kenny play a half season. So I'm going to go 81. 80, well, 80 and a hook. Okay. 80 and a hook. I'm going over. You're going to go over? Yeah. I think it's 82 games. Find some games from the DH. Mm-hmm. You know? Keep off his legs. Do we count the games with the isotopes? No. Okay. No. Because if you're just talking about games played, then that's, then what I'm that's saying. probably like 105. 105. Because there's going to be played. 20, there'll, 21. There'll be a rehab. Isotopes, yeah. There'll be a rehab assignment. You know there will be at least one. That'll do it for the morning, bro. Bring that to you each and every morning at 6.30. What is the likelihood that Tim Patrick takes that pay cut and stays with the Broncos? We'll visit with Mike Kliss next. It's Schlereth and Evans on Denver's Sports Station. 104.3 The Fan. Mike Kliss is our 9 News Bronco insider. He joins us live from uh, Indianapolis at the Combine on the Johnson Auto Plaza hotline where uh, no doubt last night he crushed some shrimp at St. Elmo's. Mike, good morning. How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it was actually at uh, Prime Forty Seven. Ooh! So uh, wow! Yeah, I mean, I tell you, yeah, what. we had um, we had a nice uh, media dinner with Sean Payton. Oh, um, yeah! Wow! All uh, it was a uh, good time had by all. Did you sit next to Sean? Pump it for information. Across. 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 What did you learn? What did Sean have to say? I mean. What you guys talk well, about? It's, uh, yeah, this is uh, you know this is a uh, um, off the record type of dinner. Uh-huh. So, um, but anyway, it was uh, it was good. Kind of went through the first season, um, everything that uh, some of the things that happened, and some of the things that uh, not too much of what's going to happen. I'll say that. So. Uh, Anyway, it was just a nice get-together with the coach. Was this organized by the Broncos? I think it was, yes. 
an attempt to perhaps smooth over some of the at times no, tumultuous relationships from what last I year? Understand. Yeah, okay. He did it with New Orleans. You know, he's an engaging fellow. Uh, I know Mark has uh, talked to him a lot, you know, in those. Uh, it, I, I, my guess is it wasn't too much different than those production meetings that Mark's been, uh, Mark's been with um, over the years with Sean Payton. It was uh, something, uh, I'm going to guess it was something similar to that, except for uh, good food. Did you fake pull out your wallet like you're going to pay and then <laughs> wait for them to go, no, 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 Mike, we got you. <laughs> no, not, huh? not that I didn't even, I didn't even pretend. Okay, good. So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We were just yeah. talking about your report yesterday about the uh, Broncos telling Tim Patrick, take a pay cut or else. Do you expect him to agree to a pay cut? Yes, he will agree to a pay cut. I mean, but it's one of those deals where, you know, if, it, if the minimum is roughly around uh, 1.12, something like that for him. And, uh, you know, uh, there's a, there's a chance from what I understand, there's a chance a couple other teams might offer more than that. And if they do, you know, will the Broncos, you know, go up to two, you know, he could, he could get something like 2 million, perhaps maybe 3 million just based on those two years. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure that would all be guaranteed, but, um, you know, there might be a little wrestling, um, for Tim Patrick, just because not only is he a good receiver at the last time we saw him, which was two years ago, but uh, he has kind of the intangibles that you want in the locker room. And so we'll see how that all plays out. They have not, uh, you know, they have not uh, talked Turkey yet uh, as far as his contract, other than the Broncos would like to, would like to have him back, but there's no uh, solid offer on the table right now for him. Mike, the but, sour- he, but it will it will be a pay cut. Yeah, Mike, the salary cap went up thirty million dollars, uh, up to about two hundred and fifty change. So, yeah. what? How does that affect what they're going to do with Russell Wilson? Would they think about taking the entire salary in the first year, or do you think they'll spread it out over two years if they do, in fact, decide to release him, which we all expect them to do? Yeah, um, that did not come up at the, at the dinner, or, or the answer did not come up at the dinner. Um, so I, I'm sure they've decided what they're going to do. Uh, my guess is because Russ has a complete no trade, that uh, they're going to wind up releasing them. And um, I'm not sure which way they go. I would think that they would do the uh, post-June designation and uh, spread it out over two years because that, that one year, boy, that's just, uh, that's prohibitive. And you, you still could, you know, you, you, um, you could still uh, convert salary into bonus for Justin Simmons, for Cortland Sutton, for Garrett Bowles. And, um, you know, uh, you cut uh, or release and, and drastically reduce Tim Patrick um, we'll see what happens with DJ Jones, who has 10 million non guaranteed in, uh, the final year of his contract. Uh, but then, um, so you can get down, you can get that salary cap down to zero pretty quick by doing those five things right there. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I, 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 I don't, 
it would be way more difficult to get down to 85. So, uh, uh, or, or, or lop off 85. So I think they'll split it up into two. Visiting with Mike Kliss live out at the Combine in Indy, fresh off a, a media dinner, uh, Denver media dinner with Sean Payton last night. So I, I, I know the subject probably came up. I'll let you decide how much you want to share about the conversation following uh, when uh, Russ's conversation with Brandon Marshall uh, popped up. What can you share about the uh, reaction to that yeah. conversation? Yeah, there's 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 a couple things there um, well, uh, that uh, they want clarified that you know uh, from Sean's point of view, and um, one is one is um, the league. Uh, I think Russ said something like uh, that the NFL said it was illegal, and the uh, Broncos are uh, adamant are adamant that. Uh, you know that they did uh, that. The league did not say any su- such thing. Um, you know, I think it's maybe something where the management council said, "Hey, uh, it's possible the the union might uh, might file a grievance." Uh, they wound up if they did. Uh, there is no grievance, by the way. Uh, no gre- I don't think any grievance was filed by the NFLPA. Um, it wasn't. I, I guess what. From the Broncos' point of view, uh, that that conversation, that negotiation, uh, wasn't all that unusual. Um, you know, it happens all the time. It just uh, this time, you know, Russ is you're, you're you're talking about a star, a guy who's been a really a superstar for much of his career in the NFL, and uh, it was a, it was more of a jolt there. And I think the Broncos should have treated them as such uh, back on October 31st when they had that negotiation uh, that didn't pan out. So that was the one thing, though. Um, Russ said that it, the NFL said it was illegal. Uh, the Broncos are pretty adamant saying that what they did was not illegal and there was no grievance filed. So that's where that's where that is. What about the quarterback position going forward? Any any clarification on where they may go from the standpoint of either the draft or free agency? Any of that stuff um, that you yeah. that you can talk about? I think they're going to do both. I mean, I think they're going to get a free agent, somebody with a few more starts than Jared Stidham. But uh, I, I think the one thing, um, maybe one thing is. Uh, uh, you know, Broncos country should pay a little bit more attention to Jared Stidham. Um, you know, with the, he was put in there. He was signed last year to a two-year, $10 million contract. He was put in there for the final two games. I think Sean does like uh, Jared Stidham. Uh, but they're going to bring in competition. Um, I do think they're going to draft one. And uh, I'm not sure about the first round. I have to see how that falls when you're sitting there at number 12, my guess is, my guess is, uh, the quarterbacks are going to go higher than a a couple of those quarterbacks. You know, those mid range quarterbacks are going to go, uh, sooner than number 12 and the Broncos are going to have to adjust. I I don't know if that means trading back or what they're going to, they're going to wind up drafting a quarterback, but not necessarily at number 12. So, and, and they will sign a free agent. They're going to have both to, uh, you know, to fill out that competition. 
All right, Mike. Well, we uh, hope you enjoy Indianapolis. Uh, make sure you uh, ask Cecil where you can watch guys weigh in without their shirts on <laughs> because he loves to do that. So I know. I, I know. It's uh, it's so different now. It's a lot more restrictive. I do have a potted plant um, <laughs> yes, picked right. out <laughs> to, uh, to, to hide behind. Uh-huh. And uh, I'll, I'll try to uh, get you guys some information as the it. week goes on. I love it. I Thanks, love it. Mike. That's why he's the best. Mike Kliss, our 9 News Bronco Insider at the Combine in Indy on the Johnson Auto Plaza Hotline. Four Down Territory coming up next.